Welcome to Section 420, Talking Yankees, the podcast. Well, we've arrived. We're here. You remember back five months ago, it was game three, Yankees at home against the Houston Astros. Yankees are already down like, you know, 2 nothing, I believe, at the point. Trey Mancini hits a bases-clearing double, makes the score 5 nothing. You just have this pit in your stomach. So it was a cold Saturday night, a little bit of kind of rain in the air in the Bronx. And at that point, you knew the Yankees were done for the season. And, of course, the Yankees, you know, game four, put up a five spot only to blow that lead and, of course, uh, lose out to the Houston Nationals and get swept at home. And you've just been waiting, waiting, waiting months just to run and get right back at it, just to, you know, erase those uh, horrible feelings you had. Well, we hear Yankees opening day and pretty much went textbook perfect. I mean, you couldn't ask for um, a better game for the Yankees and the Giants. And really that lineup to put it there was quite pitiful. Uh, but we'll get into the game, the whole thing, and some of the moves the Yankees made before the game. But make sure you subscribe to this podcast so we have a whole season to go. Uh, so make sure um, you subscribe. So wherever you're listening right now, if you're not a subscriber, do that. Crush the button and get notified when new content comes up the rest of the season. Get the little wrap-up reports. Uh, get a little, uh, you know, a little fun stuff on the side. Little Yankee stories. Little Yankee history. A little mix it up there. So make sure you're a subscriber of this podcast. Section 420 Talking Yankees, the podcast. This officially, I guess, kicks off season two, I guess, of the regular season um, of the podcast. So, um, so you know, obviously we've been waiting a long time for this. You know, we, we had this crazy offseason. You know, the, the judge, you know, ends last year with 62 home runs. But, of course, they have the disappointing ending. Then we go into this offseason with judge as a free agent. And it seems like there's a small smattering chance that the Yankees lose with the free agents, uh, to free agency to these very same San Francisco Giants. But, uh, Last-minute intervention by the you know, Pope, Hal Steinbrenner. When, uh, anyway, Hal Steinbrenner, while he was visiting Pope, makes the, the long-distance phone call to Judge. They finally nip it in the bud, put the deal together, and the Judge signs with the Yankees for $360 million. And, of course, before that, they, they signed Rizzo, bringing him back. And then after Judge, uh, shelling out $160 for the injured calls from Dome right now, who's still going to be a couple weeks away from making his Yankee debut, also snagging him from uh, free agency from the Giants as well. So Giants really had a rough offseason. I, mean, I kind of feel sorry for them because they also had – and the whole Carlos Correa issue was originally going to have a $13 million deal with him. But then, of course, the physical didn't you know go quite what they didn't like to see. What they, they didn't like what they see in the physical. They kind of dropped the deal. And the Mets picked up the deal. And the Mets also didn't like the physical. So Correa also ultimately ends up back with the Minnesota Twins, which is kind of where we all felt he was going to be originally anyway. But nevertheless, so kind of a you know brutal offseason for the, the Giants there. So coming into this game. And for the Yankees, of course, with all their expectations and stuff and Anthony Volpe making the team. So a little renewed excitement. Of course, yeah, the Yankees had some injuries come out of, out of the shoot, like I mentioned before with Rendon, Bader, uh, Luis Severino. But of course, the excitement of Volpe kind of kind of masked a lot of that. And again, it was a, you know, you could almost say Volpe was probably, you know, uh, maybe the star of opening day. Uh, maybe not really an offensive force, but just in terms of the crowd reaction and everything, um, you know, he definitely got some of the big, Biggest buzz from the crowd, maybe second to judge, if that. Uh, but maybe Volpe got a bit more there. So kind of good opening day, and it was kind of you know kind of a breeze for the Yankees, an easy five to nothing win there. Um, so now before the game, which is kind of weird, Yankees ended, ended up uh, signing uh, Franchi Cordero. Now he was with the Orioles in spring training. They released him Monday, and the Yankees picked him up on a one-year deal. So this deal he gets. One million of it is gets considered major league contract money, and then he gets one hundred eighty thousand, which would have been the minor league money. But they signed him and brought him up to the major league roster, uh, gave him a major league contract uh, right away with that. And it's kind of a weird move because it's like, all right, I mean, he can play all outfield positions, so that's good for his versatility. Uh, he can also play a little first base again if you want to give, uh, you know, for whatever reason you want to give Rizzo a blow, but you want a left-handed bat in there in the line, gives you that option. So Franchi, he uh, bats left, which, of course, always good for Yankee Stadium, but throws right. 
Uh, but kind of a kind of a weird move. I don't know why they had to make this. I mean, backup first baseman, you, know, you always have DJ LeMay as an option. You could do that. And you could always have this, someone from the minor league system you could call it up if he's wanting an extra outfielder there. So kind of peculiar there. Now, they did start the season also adding Estevan Floreal to the to the major league roster. So that was kind of a move that pretty much people didn't see coming. Now, that might change eventually once Harrison Bader comes back. Uh, but there's actually speculation now that the Yankees might be working on a move for a pitcher. Uh, which then would you know would make sense why they you know maybe showcasing Floreal now so right now as the Yankees stand as they started the season they went with 14 position plays and 12 uh, pitchers uh, but then Boone indicated a little after the game that they might be looking at a 13th pitcher then if that's the case then you're gonna say well you're gonna probably trade one of your 14 position players who would that be unless there's some other deal work coming down the pipe with Glaber Torres or uh, Oswaldo Cabrera somehow thrown into a deal which I, I extremely doubt. Uh, it would seem like Esteban Floreal would be the one to be dealt in a deal. So maybe, you know, within a week or two, we're looking at a situation where he's being shipped out. So right now, maybe Cashman has him up here on the major league roster just to showcase him a little bit. Uh, and then they'll look to move him, uh, you know, for for another pitcher at some point. Uh, whether it's a starting pitcher, maybe just because, you know, the Yankees are going to be a little shorthanded just with the Severino and Rondon injury, as well as this kind of Nesta Cortez a little behind just because he got a late start to spring just with the groin injury and all. Um, so that could be that could be a situation we see there. But nevertheless... Um, so that was the team that the Yankees put together. And I guess for opening day, I guess the kind of the big little bit of surprise, they actually started Judge and Center. Now, we saw that a lot of that last season, but kind of seemed that was only going to be like a 2022 thing. But, uh, you know, I guess this with the uh, right now with Beta out, I guess Boone has no problems still sticking with Judge there in Center. Actually gave the start to Stan and Wright. And uh, the goal is supposedly is to actually have Stan play uh, the outfield, more specifically right field, because it's easier than left field at Yankee Stadium, at least three times a week. So, uh, I guess they just want to find a way to, you know, because we've seen in the past when he is in the outfield, he's just more engaged and he does have better at bats. And with last season, with, you know, some of the injuries he had, he was pretty much relegated, especially the second half just being a DH. And again, hitting wise, I mean, yeah, he did cr- crank out 31 home runs, but batting average was like 211, which is just putrid. So maybe they figured, right, he's going to play the field more, he'll feel better at the plate, and maybe he'll hit for a little higher average. Um, and again, he's one of the players, um, you know, if you watched my most recent YouTube episode, I mentioned, you might have to keep, keep an eye on him out of the gate. I mentioned both him and Rizzo just, you know, overall didn't really have great springs productive-wise. Now, Rizzo had a nice, you know, opposite field hit today, as well as uh, Stanley also had a hit up the middle there. So, you know, okay, you know, you don't worry too much about spring training, but for Stanton to go the entire spring training without hitting one home run, I mean, it's kind of opened your eyes there, but I guess nevertheless, uh, you know, seems okay now. So hopefully he gets to start making some better contact and, uh, you know, get his bat heating up the way he was the first half of the last of last season when he, he made the All-Star team. But for the game itself, um, you know, it was a good matchup. Logan Webb versus uh, Garrett Cole, and both pitchers were really on top of the game. Uh, again, Webb just with, with really one mistake, really, and then ends up giving up two home runs. Now, ironically, Judge just first at bat, first game, bottom of the first, hits a solo home run, kind of a inside, kind of, Kind of a sinker though, kind of went inside and Judge was able to kind of get his hands under it and kind of kind of loft it over the center field wall there. But it's just like I can't remember a, a situation like that where a guy signs a big $360 million deal or a big deal like that and his first at bat hits a home run. So instant payoff for a judge there. So uh, it's good that he keeps it going. And, you know, it, it'll be one of those things where it's like, you know, imagine he gone a week or two without hitting a home run and then people will start getting on him. Oh, he's on this big deal. He's not hitting home runs. And then the pressure starts getting on him. And then he starts, you know, swinging outside the zone and everything like that. So it's just kind of good to get him, get that first one out of the way and just kind of take it from there. So uh, good there. So, uh, so that, yeah, so that was in the first inning. So put the Yankees up one, nothing. Cole kind of breezed through. I mean, the only time he felt 
a little uh-oh-ish was actually the top of the first. Actually walked the first batter on four pitches. Looked like you know the ball is sailing high on him, but then struck out the next three. Uh, really looked sharp. Then hitting upwards of you know 98, 99 a couple of times there. So um, and from there he just kind of dialed in and. Again, the, the Giants lineup, I mean, that, that's barely a major league lineup, though, just to be fair. I mean, you know, we have Conforto in the second hole, okay, he's kind of a decent hitter, but he missed all of last year with a uh, you know shoulder surgery. So, I mean, he's kind of working his way back. And the rest of the lineup, Flores and Estrada, who used to be with the Yankees. Again, it's just a real pitiful lineup there. So, not a shocker that Cole and company kind of uh, cut through them, uh, kept them to two, two, two zero runs on the board. Uh, so, at the end of the day, Cole... Uh, finished, you know, just won six innings, just gave up three hits, but had a, an incredible 11 strikeouts and only two walks there. But Logan Webb, you know, to his credit as well, he was almost, you know, matching Cole shot for shot there. He also went six innings um, and struck out one more, had 12 strikeouts. But again, he was pretty much undone by the two home runs, one to judge. And then in the fourth inning uh, with Donaldson on, Gleyber Torres kind of hit a little bit of an opposite field, right field, you kind of guess say one of those Yankee Stadium home runs. So, you know, maybe not a home run in some other parks, but nevertheless, he put the Yankees up that point. 3 nothing, And then the later game, DJ LeMay added an RBI single, which good to see at that point. He actually had, had struck out three times in the game. Again, a lot of Yankees struck out in this one because, again, Webb was kind of was filthy. Um, and even Oswaldo Cabrera, uh, he took a, a golden sombrero with four strikeouts. So, again, a lot of Yankees struck out there. But, again, just got enough runs there. And then afterwards, a, a couple runs on Judge kind of single that kind of just dunked right into center field there, kind of an excuse me sort of swing. Uh, it put the Yankees up at that point five nothing. Again, the game was like well out of hand even before that, but nevertheless, put put the game away uh, there at um, five nothing. That'll be your final score. And again, pretty much a breeze and a perfect textbook opening um, day for the New York Yankees. Again, before the game, they had the lineups and you know called all the Yankees out and had Volpe come out there and he got the big hand and Volpe also swiped the bag in his, uh, a base in this game. So it's good to see him get his first major league steal. Um, now you know. I'm not, didn't really make too much of a stink of this, but uh, about a couple of days ago, they actually forced Volpe uh, to change his number. Again, he was 77. He kind of wanted to go with that. And the whole deal is that, you know, his grandfather was a big uh, Mickey Mantle fan. So he just, why well, he wanted to wear the seven. But now it's like this stupid rule that if you're an infielder, you have to have like a low number. Kind of what they're doing in the NFL now, like running back, going to be certain numbers, offensive players can be only certain numbers. So th- they want to do this now with um, infielders. You have to be a lower number. So. I guess, you know, with the Yankee lineage and what's available, because pretty much everything's retired, he ended up going with number 11. I don't think it's a big deal. You know, I know players are superstitious with numbers and so forth. But, again, he's been in the minors, so I don't think it's a thing that really would make big of a difference. I guess if he's like a 10-year vet and you change your number, it's like, oh, my God, you know. But for him, this, you know, it's, it's going to be his first number anyway. And really, it's for the better. Um, for number, He ended up uh, choosing number 11. Now, he supposedly made the phone call to Brett Garner, who kind of technically never really retired. He kind of kind of left the door open last season, but the Yankees didn't sign him. And then Toronto was kicking the uh, tires on Garner. I mean, nothing happened there. But I guess they never really officially kind of ceased Garner being a Yankee as a possibility, even though there's no way he was ever going to come back um, if, if he wasn't going to come back last season. Uh, but Garner kind of gave his blessing. So now... The new carrier of number 11 will be Anthony Volpe. But actually, I think it's for the better. First of all, I think it's really stupid when these players have these, like, football numbers. And I know Judge does it, but Judge is a spe- special situation. I know at 99 because he's a big guy. He's a freak of nature. So to have, like, a freak of nature number kind of fits there. But other, but other players to be, like, 71, 72, 77, it's just not a baseball number. So it's really for the better. So, I, you know, I'm happy Volpe stays is number 11 now. And it's really good for him because it really, like, you know, if this guy turns out to be something special, which – Kind of seems like he's going to be, maybe. I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves. Kind of puts him there in the Yankee lineage. You got, you know, seven Mantle, eight Barron, nine uh, Maris, ten Rizzuto. And then 
you know, next in line there will be Volpe. So I guess Volpe is in big, some big World Series moment. He could summon the Yankee powers and ghosts of Yankees before him and, you know, better off doing that at number 11 than number 77. So uh, so he'll be number 11 going forward there. And again, you know, other than stolen base and, you know, didn't really have much impact on the game there. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm sure at some point he'll get his first Yankee, you know, home run and a lot of Yankee hit and all that stuff and whatever. And it was, you know, keep, keep tracking those moments as, as they, as they move forward there. So, uh, so again, pretty easy five up the win. Now the Yankees will have the next day uh, game off kind of, you know, just cool the jets a little bit and then get it going again, uh, on Saturday and Sunday to finish out the series against the San Francisco giants. Uh, and kind of a, kind of a chilly day, not really a, not really a, an opening day type of, uh, ideal opening day weather is kind of more fall weather, uh, like 40 degrees, a little, little chilly, a little windy. Um, again, kind of surprised judge home run, home run went out just cause you know, uh, Webb's is a sinkable pitcher. So you can expect him, you know, especially on a cold day like this, be able to, you know, just beat down on the batters in and make them beat the ball into the ground. But judge again, able to get enough loft on the swing there to take it, take it out and give the Yankees enough the early, uh, one nothing lead there. Um, so, so that's where we are right now. We'll see if we go forward. We'll see if, if Floreal, again, if he's going to be involved in some deal then and they're showcasing. But, uh, you know, the new Yankee right now, Franchi Cordero. Again, I'll just give you a little bit more background on him. Again, he, I mentioned he was with the Orioles this year in spring training, but the previous three years was with the Red Sox. Uh, last season with them hit eight home runs, 29 RBIs. So, again, he's not exactly uh, David Ortiz, but a big guy. Uh, but he does strike out a lot. Uh, he has a 34.8 uh, strikeout rate. Again, things that Yankee want is less strikeouts. Not, you know, they want more contact, not less contact, but he has a lot of power. I mean, he had like three balls last year. They went 450 feet or more, as well as, I guess he's 99th in the league uh, exit velo. So when he does get one, into one, he, he does he goes, does go a long way, but he does tend to strike out a lot. Uh, but again, I think this is a move for some flexibility, just to give the Yankees some flexibility in the outfield until Beta comes back. And, you know, maybe they, still don't, they don't want to beat up Judge too much in center field. So maybe he'll get some, you know, in the seventh inning, they'll yank him and put, put, uh, put Coderre out there. And again, and Esteban Floreal in the game actually got a little uh, action on the base pairs after the Stanton uh, single, uh, able to pinch run for Stanton. So I guess that's how they're going to utilize those guys for that. So, so far, so good. A textbook win for the Yankees, 5 nothing. put in the books against the San Francisco Giants. And we'll catch you next game. Mm-hmm.